This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to the awful and awesome entertainment rap. Hello and welcome in the week of Press Freedom Day. Rajshree Sen, my co-presenter, is on leave. So I will re-plug an old podcast that we did for the awful and the awesome. So I hope you enjoy it. Here's a repost. Next week, Rajshree will be back and we'll have an all new awful and awesome. So... Many of you have seen uh, Monsoon Wedding, uh, you've seen Ishkia, you've seen Kamine. Now, all these films have one thing in common. They have either been written or co-written by a writer called Sabrina Dhawan, who also teaches screenwriting at the New York University. So here I am talking to her about cinema, what she finds entertaining, what she finds awful and awesome, and um, some great films that she's watched nationally and internationally. So here is Sabrina Dhawan. So I have here with me the writer of Monsoon Wedding. Monsoon Wedding shot her to stardom at a very young age when she had just graduated from Columbia Film School. Or oh, you were just graduating, right? I hadn't quite graduated. I was close. You were cl- you were close, and uh, she got me the job as a camera assistant on Monsoon Wedding. And after that, you went on to be a consultant on Kamine, and you also co-wrote Ishkia. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I will correct you. I co-wrote Kamine and Ishkia. I was a consultant on Haider. Uh, okay, you were a consultant on Haider, and you also had something to do with Rangoon. I co-wrote Rangoon as well. So you've co-written Kamine, Ishkia, Haider and uh, Rangoon and you wrote Monsoon Wedding and you're a professor of creative writing at New York University. Professor of screenwriting at New York University. Okay, so Sabrina Dhawan is here. We're thrilled to have her on The Awful and Awesome. So Sabrina, uh, this podcast, we talk about what is going great in the world of entertainment and what isn't. You know, let me talk about, you've written five films or co-written, five, six actually. Um, you know, after you've written a film, when you're writing it, of course, no one knows the formula of what works or what doesn't work. What, in your view, worked in the film that worked? Like Kamina did really well, Ishkia did really well, Monsoon Running, of course, was not only did do well commercially, it mm. got spectacular success at award functions the world over. Rangoon didn't do that well commercially. Mm. If you were to put a finger on it, why does one work and the other doesn't? You know, I, it's it's hard to say. The thing with film is that unlike, say, um, writing a book, it's an intensely collaborative medium. So the writing is one part of it. Even the directing is one part of it. There, Any one element can sink a film. For example, China Down, which is right now considered like one of the great seminal films. The Roman Polanski one. The Roman Polanski one. Mm. So when they had their first viewing of China Down, the screening tanked. Everybody hated the film. It is exactly the same film, the same edit as you see now. Mm. What did they change? The background score. Background score is so vital it can tank a film. So a film is only as good as its weakest element in a certain way. So it takes a lot of different things to make it work. It can also take a lot of different things to make it not work. I think eventually it is a good story that is well told because you can have a great idea, but if it isn't well told, Mm. you know, then that doesn't work. But that said, no script, even a great script is not director proof. It's not casting proof. You know, Mm -hmm. a great actor can elevate a mediocre script and, you know, a terrible actor can sink a really good script. Mm. So it's many elements, all of which it's usually in some ways, it's kind of a miracle when a movie does well because it meant everything came together. It's so many things can make it go wrong. Exactly. So it's it's kind of like a minor miracle when it actually ends up working because most of the time it doesn't. Yeah, because there's some statistic that I've read that out of all the scripts that are 
written and pitched, registered with the you know screenwriters, only 10% make it to production out of that. Just half of them actually are finished and only a fraction of those release. Yeah, I'm sure the percentage is even less than that. Uh, it's, you know, probably one film for every two or three hundred scripts is actually produced, you know, and of those, you know, like maybe five or ten percent are successful. So the chances of making a successful film are incredibly remote. It is very hard. What do you teach your students uh, when you teach them screenwriting? I, I know it's it's a one year or a two year course, so I can't you can't answer in five to eight minutes. But by and large, what can you learn in a class about screenwriting? Right, that's a really good question because you know often people wonder: Is this something that you even have to learn? Isn't this some ability that you're born with? Um, to some extent, that is true. Nobody can give you stories. You have to come. You, if you don't have stories to tell, if you're not interested in human nature, if you're not interested in observing the world, if you're not interested in you know what goes on, and if you have no stories, no one can teach you that. However, screenwriting particularly is actually a craft, not different to carpentry or you know plumbing or something. It is a craft because you're working in a very specific medium. You only have image and you have sound. So that is something that does need to be taught. So when you come to a film school, what I'm teaching them is how do you actually craft your idea? A lot of it is also teaching them how to uh, externalize or dramatize something because unlike again unlike a book a script is a story told in pictures so when you say someone is nervous that can work in a book it doesn't work in a script because you don't know what that looks like so you have to constantly learn how do you externalize how do you dramatize what's going on the other thing that I do teach them I have a very I've been very conscious about my teaching philosophy is that and I learned this from Monsoon Wedding when I pitched the idea of Monsoon Wedding before the film came out to a bunch of studio executives in LA and New York everybody thought it was a great idea but you know it really wouldn't do well because it's not commercially viable it had no American characters it had no American settings and it was you know largely subtitled and conventional wisdom yeah there's a lot of Hindi and Punjabi in it. Right. and a lot of the jokes are also Punjabi exactly and conventional wisdom meant that subtitle <laughs> films don't do well at the American North box office but we made that film super low budget and it ended up finding audiences everywhere all over the world people found a way to relate to it and so this taught me a really important lesson that it's really important to write the story you want to write and write it as truthfully and authentically as possible without worrying about whether or not it'll do well and this is not just sort of artistic philosophy but I think it's also sound it makes sound commercial sense because that's what you'll write well and when you write it well the more specific it is in a way the more universal it becomes so I teach my students largely to write without fear or favor write what you want to write doesn't matter what it's about but write it as well as you can and if you write it as well as can it'll find a way but uh, I, yeah, but you know, all the good writers at some point move from the film business because it is so frustrating to be a screenwriter in film. Why? You have, you have no authorship. So screenwriters are the only kind of writers who surrender their copyright. Uh, book writers don't, playwrights don't. So when you surrender your copyright, basically it means you have no control over the material. So the production can They can do what they want with it. Your right. work, they can hire someone else, they can do what they want, and that is what they do. Historically, even the most successful screenwriters are very, very, very frustrated working in the movie business and always have been. They always end up bitter, even if they end up rich. Mm. Um, but in television kind of changed that. 
because in television the writer is also the producer and the showrunner the showrunner is the you know is the producer and is the head of the writing team so you had a lot more control because the director could change week to week but you needed the same writing team every week uh, right. to keep the same characters and stories going so the writers had a lot more leverage the thing about these shows what's also amazing about television isn't just that all the good writers move to TV but that the distribution avenues change you didn't have to rely on the studios anymore like you always had to historically because now there's Netflix and there's uh, Amazon and Hulu and they all create Handmaid's Tale on Hulu they all create their own shows so it's become also much easier to get better work because you don't have to go through the entire bureaucracy of the studio business so screenwriters who are breaking in now have a bigger canvas to paint on so to and speak and many canvases what was your experience of uh, rewriting mm-hmm. your script from film to uh, to theater what are the challenges what are the you know and how has it turned out what's that what's that been like so it's been a completely fascinating process it's also been a very long process it came to monsoon wedding the musical came to berkeley after being in development for about 10 years which is a really long time but apparently not very long in musical theater really yeah hamilton took about 10 years to come to broadway as well that's so you've been writing, rewriting, writing, rewriting. Right, right. And the thing is, you don't like write and rewrite consistently through the 10 years. The thing with theater, unlike film, is that you don't actually get paid to work on the material. You only get paid in the back end if it is staged and if it is successful. So you kind of work on it for the love of it and in the hopes that it'll do well. In film, you get paid up front and then you never see any profit. <laughs> so it's kind of the other way around. <laughs> so it takes a long time because people have to do other work so they can pay their bills. Like girls. you yeah, teach and right, you're a professor. Exactly. Or other movies and things. Mm. And sometimes Mira was off for a year making a movie or Vishal was off for a year. So that's also partly why it takes that long. Uh, it was a really interesting process. I initially thought that because Monsoon Wedding, the movie had some much music in it that it would really be a matter of just reformatting it because the formatting looks different from a play too and a play in a musical theater is for some reason called the book so you know I thought it would be easy to write the book you just take the script and you just reformat and be done but it doesn't work like that at all just the changing of the stage you know from going from screen to stage the fact that you don't have a camera changes everything you can't do cut to close up you can't do cut to close up you also can't cut to location right like uh, like for example there's one pass you end up doing towards closer to production which is just for the costume designer and he would say like uh, I can't get so and so changed from this time to, to, to this transition so this character needs to leave that scene much earlier which means you can't just have them leave you have to find a reason for them to leave so you have to rewrite the scene so there is a legitimate reason for that character to have to leave early so they have time to change and that's just one minor example. Hmm. Also with, uh, you know, of course, with sets and production, like how many transitions and how do you transition? And you can't just keep coming back to location. So there's that. You also have to work with musical theater, especially all the big moments, all the most emotional moments um, become song. Mm-hmm. So what also happens is you write these scenes and all those scenes get what they call cannibalized into the music. So they become lyrics, which every book writer hates because it's like, that was my best scene. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was my best line. Um, so um, that happens. Um, but you really have to reimagine the material and not just because the proscenium has changed, which is, of course, a big part of it, um, <clears throat> because you're also thinking of where people will be. You can't exactly you can't focus on one character. You can't say camera reveals. Mm. You have to find a way to do it. It's also much more dialogue driven for that reason, because, you know, the camera can't help 
focus the eye on where it needs to go. You can have spotlights, but those are hokey and you can't overuse them. But the other thing that changed a lot is that monsoon wedding was very much supposed to be in a certain way a document of the Delhi it was set in of that time. And that was 2001. It was a long time ago. And Delhi has changed so much. So it was also updating. So you have to incorporate many of the new Delhi Right. Thing? So I had to, which actually meant reinventing the story. So for example, the, uh, the story between the 10 contractor Dubey and the maid Alice, the breakup in the movie was because uh, she thought he was spying on her and that she was a thief. You know, first of all, that was such a visual thing. It doesn't work on stage, mm. you know. But also because India had changed and I wanted that to be a part of it and that to inform the rewriting of it is that um, one of the things that was playing in my mind a lot when I was working on it recently was, uh, especially in Modi's India, how polarized we've become, uh, especially, you know, in terms of religion. Right. And so now the breakup is because Dubey asks her to convert. And oh. he to do that. But that felt more timely. You know, so things like that. In Heyman's character was a kid who grew up in India, went to America, uh, you know, to work at a company and then came back to Rajasthan. Modi Bhakts won't be pleased to hear this these changes. No, no, Modi Bhakts won't be. But they, they sh- but rest assured, the producers made me take out a lot of the references <laughs> to Modi just because they were afraid of those Bhakts. So well done. Uh, <laughs> Which are your favorite Bollywood films and why? Uh, that's a really good question, and I struggle with that answer uh, when I think about it. I'm going to say, and again, I'm probably going to think of uh, films that I like better after we've done with the interview. But then that's life. Um, <laughs> Um, I absolutely love Luck by Chance, Zoe Akhtar's film. I thought it was brave and it was incredibly compassionate. You know, it was this great look and very satirical and very, very dark. I mean, the whole story is about a protagonist who basically sells his soul for success. Mm. And the fact that it was made by someone who is an insider in that world, to look at it from the perspective of an outsider was incredible. Also, every character had some kind of humanity. Even Hrithik Roshan, who is this narcissistic movie star, you know, had has like these moments where you feel his heart and you feel his soul and he feels like a real human being. So I just absolutely love Luck by Chance. Um, what else? I mean, uh, when I was in college with your sister uh, Nirupama, uh, I used to watch, we used to watch Sai Bibi or Gulam on VHS over and over again, which we both love deeply. And I love it. It's like a book. It's so textured. Every time I've seen it, I found another level to it that I hadn't seen earlier, whether it's, oh my God, yes, this is also about the Brahmo Samaj movement. This is also, you know, about child marriage and what that meant. And it's not just about Hinduism. And, you know, it's also about the lust of a wife. It just works on so many levels. It's so brilliant. I, I, I love, love, love Divar. I think it is incredibly well written. Yeah, it's my favorite film. Yeah, I like it way more than I like Shole. It's way better written than Shole. I know why Shole is canonized so much. It's very derivative of... Uh, Westerns. American and Japanese westerns, yeah. Hope you enjoyed that. Like I said, Rajesh will be back next week and you should have a brand new, awful and awesome until then. Consider subscribing and do support and pay to keep news free because when the public pays, the public is served. When advertisers pay, advertisers served. Pay to keep news free. Goodbye. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.